0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is your favorite stylist, favorite stylist, leader of all things luxury, and the soft girl society, the style psychologist, herself, the one and only Sonette Nicole, and you are tapped and tuned in and turned on to Sonette Nicole prove the podcast. Happy Black History Month once again, guys and dolls. I hope that my Synette Nicole Style Squad Luxury Loves and Soft Girl Society are all doing well. I know it's been some time since we've got together to connect and kiki about all things wardrobe and wellness and fashion and lifestyle and luxury. Lifestyle hacks. Ciao. We are all the things, we are all encompassing here at Synet Nicole Approved, and in being all-encompassing, there are sometimes things that might take me away from my passions, including my podcast at times, and so I was locked in over the last week just with a bunch of brand tasks, you know, so stay tuned for some announcements, in addition to just pouring into me, as I'm always encouraging you guys to do. Um, health is wealth, and so just focusing and actually having time to carve out for um health like priorities was also very very important. And so I'm glad that I was able to do those things. Very busy, but very productive over the last two weeks. I can't believe we're at the last week of Black History Month. The last week of February. February went by really fast, but it was jam packed. I don't know if anybody else feels like that, but from my lens, it was jam packed. Not only from a per- personal and per- Professional standpoint, but just our overall, like, um, commitments that I made to the dolls, you know, to my, to my, to my core group of friends, commitments that I made to family members, um, just trying to hone in on making sure that I'm celebrating Black History Month, even though every month is Black History Month when you're Black, right? Um, it's important for us to continue to uplift and celebrate and honor our culture as much as we can, because Lord only knows that, um, no one else will if we don't. When I was younger, an elder told me um, that it was a conspiracy that there's so many events, like cultural, uh, just world events, con- well, American events specifically um, in the month of February, which happens to be not only the shortest month in the year, but Black History Month, right? When I w- It took me some time to realize that That person was definitely, absolutely, one hundred percent right. That I don't think that it's a coincidence that so many things are packed into February, and that we got the shortest month in the year. We all know what that's about. But why must so many events be in February? Like we have twelve months in the year. Um, what is the like? Okay, so it's like All Star Weekend and Fashion Week and the Super Bowl and uh, it's just so much going on mad award shows sag awards uh and all the others right so it's just like a lot um what was it sag awards people's choice awards i'm trying to think about all the awards i reviewed there's at least three to four award shows that happen this month it's a lot to and it's we still need to honor Black History Month point blank and the period. I don't care if there's a billion events in February. We still need to find time to honor that. We be, be it attending an event that's geared towards that, being spreading you know messaging of black excellence, be it liking, posting, sharing um, a black business or just someone who is doing good for black culture and for themselves so. That's really, really important to me. I always plug businesses that I love, particularly Black businesses that I love throughout the seasons of Sinet Nicole. approved. we're on season two right now. Kudos to that. Shout out to me and you know, Team Sinet Nicole. I definitely um, will continue to do so. You know, we'll continue to plug my favorite brands. Why don't we start now? There's no time like the present, right? Um, so before we get into today's today's topic, here are some Synette Nicole approved black owned brand, uh, the Butter Bar skincare. I the skincare that the skincare regimen that I am committed to for the past four years has been from Butter Bar skincare. They're amazing. They're a black owned brand that started down south in Texas. Um, a woman who uh, start the woman who started it unfortunately passed away, and her family has carried on the brand. They also have spas in Atlanta and Texas as well. When I'm in those areas, I will definitely check them out because I love a good spa and it's nothing I love more than a black owned spa that carries all the products that I already use on my skin. Um, I particularly love them because everything is organic. Everything is plant-based. Everything is made of natural ingredients. Uh, One of their taglines is good enough to eat, right? Because, It's literally things that you, a lot of them, a lot of their ingredients you have to refrigerate because they're actually natural um, products. And so I have found that natural products work best for my skin. I have extremely sensitive skin. If I touch something and touch my face, it's red, it's blotchy, all the things. So I have to be very careful with what I use. I realized throughout the years, all of the products that were popular or what we've been conditioned to think is good for our skin was actually just making my skin worse. And so removing the chemicals and the toxins from my skincare regimen has certainly helped me over the last few years. The skin is skinning and winning 90% of the time. Any other time it could just be a health thing or a woman's thing. Obviously that, you know, is beyond our control for reasons why the skin might not be skinning or winning. But outside of that, it has definitely been the best thing that's happened to my skin. And again, this is no plug. This is a plug with no ad, no gas, because I'm not getting paid for this. Although we are always manifesting paid partnerships. Moving on, but go support them at mybutterbar.com and I believe Butterbar Skincare on social media. Definitely have great bundles, definitely will not be disappointed. They have a bundle for every different type of skin. I love to also shop with brands that understand me and know me. A black person with black skin made these things for black skin, so that also gave me more confidence in sampling the brand and I've been down ever since so as long as they're making products, I will be purchasing products. I actually, just ordered a new bundle on the way. I would say most bundles last like 4 to 6 weeks if you buy the whole the whole kit which is um and they always have sales and all kinds of things so it's like really cool the mel- the melanin serum is everything but I digress. Um another brand that I absolutely love, another black owned brand that I absolutely love is Topicals. Topicals I've most recently used their under eye clearing patches. I love it. I love that I love when I use I'm a product girl. I'm a product girly through and through, and I'm willing to try something at least once to see if it's effective or if it aligns with my regimen. Now, Topicals has a myriad of things. I did try their scar cream, too, at an event, but I think I have to, like, use that a little more consistently in order to see if it works. So the under-eye patches. I'm an under-eye patch fanatic, child, and I've tried so many. Caviar under-eye patches. Anything you could think of. Green tea under-eye patches. All the things. And I feel like topicals feels the most effective. I see more of a difference now that I've been using it. I could feel the, the um, under eye pads pulling my skin up. So I love that for me. I love that for you. I love that for everyone. Made by a black woman, owned by a black woman. Try it out. Obviously, I love them. Um, you already know the vibes. This is a Rihanna Navy around here. And no Rihanna slander will ever be tolerated. So, next up is obviously Fenty Skin. The majority of the major makeup that I use day to day is Fenty Skin. I also, uh, my daughter also uses her cleansers. I've used her cleansers as well before, um, which is actually also great for skincare, a, a great skincare option that's um, a little more readily available because it's in Sephora and all these places. I love her foundation. I love how many colors she has. I love that. Um, I love how smooth it is. I love her concealer absolutely love her stunner paint, like her matte lipsticks. I have um uncensored m v p are my two favorite reds from her right now because I live for a red lip and a red nail child, so those are my two favorite reds from her. but we'll go over my favorite lipsticks another time when we do a beauty segment um and also recently, I fell in love with her plush pudding, which is like a lip mask, which is basically like. Um, a soft lip balm and it comes in a very cute packaging all of her packaging is top tier and it actually really works like you put that on I put that on in the morning when I'm doing like a fresh face look and I'm not doing lipstick I put that on in the morning and I put it on at night and it really has my lips have already been soft for for those few who are blessed to ever feel them But as a woman, you want to keep everything supple and soft. And it really does the thing. Like Plush Pudding is a perfect name for it. And I think she has more chapsticks coming out this week as well. So shout out to Queen Wee Wee. We love her. We stand for her. I actually was, I'm not a sneaker girl, but because of my injuries, obviously I've told you guys my journey, my healing journey. I need more sneakers in my life. So I have to like incorporate them into my wardrobe, which is a style content video to come. And I saw her with this Mongolian floor-length fur on the other day, hopping out the whip with with her baseball cap on, looking super fly and very casual but always stylish. And she had on her Fenty sneakers, her Fenty Puma collection of sneakers, but, of course, they're sold out. So I'm like, damn, they're so cute, and they have, like, fur. She has, like, white cream and other colors, but I was thinking about getting, like, the creamish vibe, because I know that I will go with a myriad of things. They look hella comfortable. I've been told they're comfortable. So I'm going to try those out. So obviously we have Butter Bar. We have Fenty. We have um, the Booked brand, which I actually do have a, a micro arrangement or, or connection with them because I do have a coupon code. Which is my name, Synette Nicole, for 10% off. Oh, the booked company is a black owned stationery company that specializes in tailoring yearly planners. Physical, I'm a physical girl, I like to touch, see, and feel. That's why I still buy actual books. I can't get down with the Kindle audiobooks, depends on who's narrating, but I'm really a physical book girl. Speaking of which, info at synettenicole.com to join. The book club we're starting next uh the next book next week so we always uh have room for more members but i digress because i'm a digresser so follow me if you're new here this road is leading to a destination (laughs) so booked has planners curated for black women the women of color it's like everything in my mind in a planner the way that it's organized by month by week by day um writing goals it has room to print out your vision board and paste it. It has bucket list bingo. It has cute little stickers. It has a monthly calendar before it goes into the weeks and the days. It has monthly meal planning. It has a monthly uh goal section for you to write down your goals to make sure they're obtainable. A daily check off to do list. Like I said, a meal plan, a grocery list, a budgeting area, a business area, a spiritual area, Uh, you know, to manifest blessings over your life. It has, this is the deluxe version I'm speaking about. There's different versions. Quotes from famous black people on each and every page on the top. I I just love it. It's like everything I could ever want. And it's gorgeous. And they, every year they have different um, pictures, right? That looks like it was like sketched out and, and painted by an artist of beautiful, decadent black women. I love it. Like, I just absolutely love it. So use code Nicole for 10% off of your... Planner today. We are only a month two, so it's not too late to get yourself a planner. It also comes with cute little accessories. They have pens, they have bookmarks, Uh, a card of affirmations comes in the front. I just love it. I love it. It's almost like if I were a planner, if that makes sense. (laughs) If Sonette Nicole was a planner, and I absolutely love Black stationery companies. I actually ran into another Black stationery company during a Shopify event that I went to for Black History Month entitled Shop Black which I absolutely love as well, but definitely shop-booked. I manifest manifesting collaborating with a black stationery company to manifest a collection of my own. You know, I'm an avid journaler. If you know, you know. If you're you're a part of the Senate Nicole Style Squad and Luxury Loves, you know this and how much I advocate for journaling and having different types of journals. And so obviously that's just a natural path that I would choose. I love, love, love writing. I actually am a freelance writer in my spare time. If you check out the links in all my bios and social media on my website, it will lead you to a few of the articles that I've written most recently, and there is more to come. So continue to stay tuned on that. I'm digressing, but like I said, the other Black-owned stationery company that I met at the Shopify event is absolutely fabulous as well. The name of the company is Aya Pay. Paper Co. And the owner has a wonderful story that I hope she can come on to Nicola Proof and talk about. And I mean, just amazing. She had so many amazingly crafted, beautiful cards for Black people to relish in. You know, we don't often find much representation in a greeting card section of most stores. And so I was just so enamored with the color scheme. Um, with the designs on the front, the artwork, and just the interior messages, which really speak to just our community as a whole. It's 100% recycled paper. She also had a journal and pens as well. So I bought a gold pen because you know I love some gold, y'all. So I bought a gold uh, pen that says Less planning, more manifesting, because you know I'm a manifesting mommy out, out here. And I actually bought a greeting card for myself. Talk about being a Leo, right? And the greeting card has a lion on the front. It's a beige greet, a greeting card with a brown head of a lion on the front of it. It's gorgeous. And it's basically like in the inside on one side, giving the elements of a Leo, the characteristics, elements, fire, creative, enthusiastic, modality fixed stable and great willpower ruling planet the sun planet of source energy will ego and self-expression and then it says it's a message to a leo and so i thought hey i would keep this for myself as a reminder of all the great qualities of my astrological sign but just as myself as well um big leo energy shout out to all the leos uh listening and so it says here in the card Dear Leo, thank you for being the brightest light in every room. Everything about you, from your hair and style to witty one-liners, screams, I'm a child of the sun. Hello, good evening, long as they now. You know your worth and carry yourself rightfully so. Hello, good evening, if that's not a word in direct relation to my Synet Nicole mantra tea, know your worth, don't give discounts. A copywritten quote you can find on a t-shirt when you purchase via synetnicole.com. Shameless plug. Um, okay, now. Charming everyone with your natural charisma, your self-confidence, and fierce loyalty make you a force to be reckoned with, and you definitely know it. Don't we, though? Don't we? We are a force to be reckoned with, and self-confidence is something that uh, is sewn in the fabric of my life and my brand because you always know that I'm here to lift you up and give you and pour into you the self-confidence and self-esteem and self-worth that you may not have had or have lost along the way. Hello, good evening. Good evening um always remember to consider other people's opinion and help and help always remember to consider other people's opinion and help i will not lie i i those are two things i do struggle with i the opinions of the people that matter to me the most are in heaven so anybody else's opinion is kind of irrelevant no shade, but it's just that's my truth. And real is the only language I speak. And as you get to know me, you'll know that through this podcast journey we're taking. Um, However, comma, there are times I guess when an opinion may be warranted. I don't know when that time is, but again, we're all a work in progress. And accepting help from people is extremely hard. But that's a whole other podcast um, episode everything's an opportunity to become a better version of yourself. I agree with that wholeheartedly for everyone. But that's definitely a word of the week, right? Everything's an opportunity to become a better version of yourself. And it actually leads me into our topic in a way. So let's hold on to that thought. But I decided to keep this Dear Leo greeting card that I bought from the AYA paper company. AYA is the name of the paper company with the pen, my gold pen that I've been using For my tree of life journal. I just got a new journal. Because you know I love the journals. And I write so much. I always have to get new ones. So this one is a gold tree of life journal. With gold pages. And it's wide rule. Because you know. I Well y'all don't know. But I like to write big. I write still. I feel like I did in high school. Because I write so big and bubbly. But I absolutely love the journal. And I put my little Leo reminds a card in the back of it. Just as a nice positive reminder of. My wonderful characteristics. So an opportunity to become a better version of yourself. A better version of yourself. Are you a better version of yourself now that we're in a new year? Do you think that that matters? Are we really in a situation where we are acting in alignment to be the better versions of ourselves? And is the version that we are currently enough? And if it is, how are we honoring that? And even if it's not, how are we honoring that? And how are we still remaining in ground level gratitude to build to the better version of the person that we want to be? And how does our visual presentation play into the versions of ourselves for which we deem to be favorable? All questions that I have had for myself, that I've had for others, that conversations I've had via social media and just in my own um, in-person interactions with other humans, these are just questions that I wanted to pose to you guys uh, you list, listeners, Style Squad, Luxury Loves, Soft Girl and Guys Society, and just new, newcomers, welcome aboard. Definitely want to know, what do you consider to be a better version of yourself? Have you met that version yet? And what components play into that? Visual presentation, internal well-being, how you communicate with others in the world. I mean, there's so many ways that we can go with this conversation. Uh, Oh, I forgot. Apologies. Tribe and Oak. Shout out to Tribe and Oak, a black-owned candle company. I purchased a candle from them at the Shopify event as well. Uh, Ooh, it smells amazing. Vegan, sustainable, luxury home essentials. Tribe and Oak, made in Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to Brooklyn. Shout out to Harlem, of course, because you know that's where I'm from. But shout out to Brooklyn as well. Hand poured in small batches. It smells amazing. I got the citrus pine one because I wanted like a clean. I cleaned the House Sunday 5, and that's just what I got. So I love that, and I hope to have them on as well, in addition to some of the panelists uh, that I met there that were amazing as well. But I'll tell you more about that another time. Back to the topic at hand. What do we deem to be the better version of ourselves? What do we deem, what versions of other people intrigue us? Is it the version that is the best for them, or is it the version that's most salacious and entertaining? And I pose that question because in recent, this past week alone, the past two weeks have been wild, right? For public figures, for newsworthy content, right? Um, Or what we deem to be newsworthy in this generation or this era that we're all in, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Um, I just want to know, like, what, what intrigues you about a person? Is it them being their very best self? Does that Intrigue you, or is it them being at their worst or revealing something that's left wing, that's salacious, that's outside the box, and just generally entertaining? And why are we so entertained by the demise, the dismantling, and the drama of it all as it relates to other people? And I do think that sometimes in the era that we are in now, anything that's salacious sells, anything that's more dramatic or dark or messy is just more appealing. And so far be it for me to tell somebody what they can consume, what kind of content they can consume, because we all have our moments where we have watched trash TV or we've indulged in something that's not necessarily the best for us, but it's something to pass the time. It's something that entertains us or makes us distracted enough to forget about Whatever we might be struggling with, and for that reason, I guess you could say it's somewhat of a coping tool. I definitely think that this week, though, is a testament to salacious cells, right? In a myriad of ways. So, for instance, we had the Where's Wendy Williams documentary on Lifetime, which everyone is buzzing about with regards to where Wendy has been in the last two years, what she's been up to, what's her health like, what's going on with the family situation, and the drama that surrounds that, and. Why does she have a guardian who's not? Why does she have a guardian period? Um, what happened with her finances? And why isn't her family taking care of her or able to and being blocked from doing so? So there was a myriad of questions that were supposed to be answered with this documentary. But I feel like for the most part, for me personally, through my lens and from a lot of people that I've seen online, just it just left us with more questions and also completely saddened, disheartened. It was a very hard documentary to watch. It was cringe at times. It was very sad. It was just a lot. It was almost like watching the physical dismantling and unraveling of someone who's revered in pop culture, in media, in in news, and in the talk show space. And regardless of how a lot of people feel about her delivery, about how she went about things as it relates to her career of pop culture information and interviewing guests and um, expressing hot topics or gossiping, so to speak, which everyone I'm sure has done, even though we should not, right? And so once or twice in our lives, I am not in the business of gossip. I don't prefer it, but let's not act like we all haven't read a blog. Now participating in it to the level of which she has, obviously this is her job. She's able to monetize her ability to report on what's going on in the entertainment realm. And she made a name for herself. She found her niche and she built a multi-million-dollar legacy and brand. And so as a woman, as a black woman, if nothing else, we can respect the fact that she pulled herself up from the bootstraps and she manifested the dreams that she wanted for herself. Now, with that being said, just because someone's abrasive in their approach or is unfavorable or unsavory to you doesn't mean that they deserve to be dismantled um, on TV, on national TV at all. I think it's horrible what's happening. My heart goes out to her and her family, especially now that she's been allegedly, and I say allegedly just because we don't know her representatives or who is putting out these statements for her because it's not her family. But she has been diagnosed according to her representative's. With aphasia and uh, FTD, which is frontal temporal dementia, which is two very serious serious ailments that impact your memory, your cognitive function, and your ability to communicate with others, your ability to understand others communicating with you, and just overall your all of your main very essential important faculties are impacted by dementia. From what I've read and from what I've heard. There is no reversal of that. So once it, it is here and it has arrived, it's just basically a regression and trying to make that person as healthy and comfortable as they possibly can be to keep their faculties intact as long as possible. But with, as time goes on, they will continue to reduce even when you are in treatment centers to help you with said issue. In addition to that, she was diagnosed, diagnosed with lymphedema. And Graves' disease, before her show was canceled and taken off the air, so you add lymphedema, Graves' disease, you add the, prior to the aphasia and dementia diagnosis, you add her husband uh, getting another woman pregnant down the block, and not only getting her pregnant, but having a years and years and years on affair with this lady down the block from the home that they shared together, disgusting beyond measure which I feel like contributed a lot to her um, mental disabilities right now because the trauma of losing a marriage and the person humiliating you in the way that her husband did her um, would cause anybody some psychological distress, right? So I'm sure that that didn't help on top of the other diagnosis, on top of her struggles with substance abuse and alcohol throughout the years, which obviously these circumstances would trigger. Then you add on the worst thing ever, which is losing your mom, which I've experienced, unfortunately. And so I know that gut-wrenching pain. And so you pile all of that on and you mix it together and it's a recipe for disaster. Then you add on the yes-men and the staff who are getting paid to tell her what she wants to hear or enabling her drinking and continuing to cause more of an issue for her medical situation. And so, like I said, the documentary was hard to watch. It was heartbreaking. I still have a lot of questions. The timeline and the situation that's going on with her seems very murky. Conservatorship in general makes me uncomfortable. I do believe there are certain people that do need guardianship, that do need consistent care, that do need money management. I definitely don't have a problem with someone who is responsible, who is not seeking to have an alternative motive alternative, motive, or to gain something significant from her to be in charge of her finances. People who have something to gain from you, especially monetarily, are not to be trusted most times. Because if somebody has something to gain, you cannot tell if they're being genuine with their actions. They're only going to be most likely acting in the best interest of themselves if they seek to gain Things by you continuing down the path that you're continuing, even if it's self-destructive. So those are the type of people she does not need around her. A lot of the people in the documentary come off as performative and as yes-men and as enablers who are seeking to continue to capitalize and gain some value that is monetary from whatever it is that they're telling her to enable her to continue to try to regain stardom she mentioned a lot that she wanted to be back on tv and i think the parties around her played into that narrative to convince her that it is possible in order to stay around and hence get paid because every day they're around they're being paid so again you can't take their word for it. her niece who's very concerned about her as well as her her sister her brother and her dad and her son of course which is the main person that has been impacted throughout his life with his mom's struggles. He seems very astute, very cognizant and aware of what's going on um, and very sad about the circumstances and him not being able to have more of a hand on the situation allegedly before uh, Wells Fargo closed her account or halted her account rather, excuse me, froze or halted her from getting money. It was flagged because the guardian or the power of attorney at the time was her son who he claims he was taking great care of her and from the video footage that they showed it seems like her her him and her family in Miami were taking great care of her she was a lot more healthy and she had all her faculties intact and she was talking like her regular self and then when she went back to New York and got under the conservatorship of a guardian for which people don't know and for which the party refused to come on camera everything went left because now she was left to her own devices and she was left to like have more freedom to do the things that are counterproductive of her healing, including drinking every day. So her son is very triggered by that. And you know, under his care, he says that she was not allowed to drink at all. And again, she was eating vegan and much healthier, exercising all the things. And it just seems like the more recent version of her was falling apart. I know that she loves her son. She's talked about him very numerous times in the documentary. And even as The time was progressing and she started to lose more of her memory. When talking about him, she became very emotional. And there's nothing like a mother's love, nothing, nothing, nothing in the world. And I hope if nothing else, that they're able to be together again and to spend the necessary time, you know, that she does have here together. I don't think that he should be in charge of her finances. He is 21 years old. He's young. He's going to run through money like it's water. He's born a privileged child. So he's used to lavish things. Wendy Williams is lives lavishly. So I feel like there's, there's, some, there's some management that needs to be done because even though she's made so much money, she's not making any more moving forward. So the money needs to be spread out in the proper way. But even if someone responsible can manage her finances and make sure that's taken care of and that all the bills are paid and all the things that she may need is are taken care of each month, then that's fine. But actually being present in your family's life especially a family who from what we believe to be true has not harmed her in any way. Um, and who she was doing well with to me seems not fair. Um, again, we don't know all the details, but I would say at the very least, even if they don't touch a dime of her money for her to be in their presence, she's expressed how much she misses them, how lonely she is. I think it could do her condition some good to be around love energy. Love energy has, been said to be a positive, right? That's why when people are in comas, they actually rub their hands and talk to them and engage with them because the power of love, care, and consideration from a human being to another can improve upon a situation. Will it reverse the dementia? No, but it certainly will make the process easier. It certainly will put her in a position where she's able to at least live her life comfortably and happy, even if she doesn't ever get back on TV, which it doesn't seem like is possible or plausible at this time. Her health should be the main priority. And according to the end of the documentary, she is in a facility where she's doing a lot better. So praise God for that. We sent our prayers to her. Uh, again, the whole situation is extremely unfortunate. And there were a lot of parts of that documentary that were hard to watch. A-, a lot of the time, I'm like, why are they even doing this? But I think the initial intent was to show her comeback. And then things started to quickly disintegrate. Um, and she had to fulfill a three-picture deal with them. But I think that once they saw her disintegrating on camera, somebody should have stopped it. I do know that it does the, ben- the family ben- a benefit to show that the conservatorship and the guardianship is bogus and it's not working. Um, there definitely is no reason why she they have to wait for her to call and that they don't have a number to access her. They don't know what location she's in in the treatment center, where it's at, who's treating her, what's going on. I think that somebody... Should have that information again that has nothing to do with finances and everything to do with just the genuine respect of the family that she does have, um, and particularly her son. I mean, information is nothing, so to not have the information is very suspicious and weird to me. But I pray that all things work out and she's able to, like I said, live comfortably and happily, um, in the comfort of whatever home she should choose next and with her son and her family, and that somebody protects her finances so that all her hard work doesn't go. In vain at all, so prayers to Wendy. Very unfortunate, like I said, lots of opinions on social media. You can chime in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you choose to listen to our wonderful podcast. Be sure to give us a five star review and rating when you do comment on these subjects. The subject matter at hand, I do think that the general consensus is like nobody wants to see Wendy like this, nobody wants to see Wendy. In this much disarray, or any human in this much disarray, and I think that the that another uh, sentiment that was expressed throughout social media and just overall was that we don't we don't need to see the demise of someone for us to know that something's happening, we also need to do a better job of protecting our black public figures and celebrities, so to speak, because a great point was made, I think it was on a breakfast club I was listening to this week, a a great point was made, which was that we don't hear, we hear about white actors having aphasia, having dementia, having all these diseases that impair them and make them a different person, but we don't see them, right? We don't see them in their worst stages. We protect them. We do not see them in their worst stages. Most people didn't know that there was any dementia or anything going on with Barbara Walters until she passed. Because for the last few years of her life, she wasn't seen at all. She was protected. She was concealed. She was kept healthy. She was kept happy, happy until it was her time to go home to the Lord. So I say all that to say that we need to do a better job of protecting our Black public figures. We just, we just do. Bruce Willis is the same. He has the same thing Wendy Williams has. And we know that, but we've only seen one video that I know of him, and that was at a birthday party clapping. It might have been his birthday, I don't know. But Demi Moore, the kids, and all of the people in place to take care of him, make sure that he's protected and shielded and that he's not seen in the media in a negative light or an unfavorable or unsavory light. I say all that to also say that we do live in a microwave ever where things that are salacious are entertaining, and even if we don't like to see Wendy that way, we are intrigued and, and and immersed in the world of drama, no matter how it comes. But I also feel like at what cost? And at, and where do we draw the line in what is entertaining, right? I don't, I come from an oven era, so the microwave, quick fix to fame type vibes is not really my zhuzh, but I do respect anyone who's able to make a coin in an unconventional way while not hurting anyone. So I'm off for that. Get your coinage however you can. It's the same as like these TikTok sensations or social media sensations of people that go viral. Some people just do whatever they can to create clickbait, to go viral. They do these performative skits and sketches and it's getting tired and it's getting old and it's always been lame. So there's that, but then we have people that come across as authentic, like Risa Tisa, who's in one week made 3.3 3 million followers and was able to tell a 50-part series, 10 minutes each, 50 parts. Yes, I said 50-part series, 10 minutes each on uh on TikTok and was able, like I said, to garner 3.3 3 million followers telling a story about called who the F did I marry, about a guy who she married during the pandemic, she thought was like the love of her life and her prince charming finally coming to sweep off her feet and he turned out to be a very much pathological liar according to her 50 part series now did I listen to all 50 parts no I didn't but millions of people did that's how she got the millions of followers she was able to monetize it I think to the tune of and don't quote me because this is just what is being read uh eighty. Some odd eighty plus thousand dollars in a week, I mean that's just amazing, you know, getting all these offers and brand deals and all the things because people were captivated by her art of storytelling. I do feel like her story is, is true to her and authentic. She comes across with authentic energy, she doesn't come across like a lot of these other people who are looking for clickbait. It took a lot, I'm sure, to tell the most embarrassing parts of her love life with this person because a lot of it does make her look you know um unfavorable in the sense that it's like girl. Stevie Wonder could see that, or it was given Desperate, it was given Pick Me, it was given all these things that people say about her on the internet, so for her to have to deal with the trolls and the negativity and all the comments and the judgment and the people doing millions and millions of think pieces, reposting, stitching their videos with hers and giving the two cents nobody asked them for about the video, um, about the 50-part video, there are still people online talking about it. It was on a Today Show. I mean, it's everywhere, so... Um, I say all that to say that we live in an era where you can become a public figure or become notable or known for, one, being salacious, making things up to suit the needs of clickbait and going viral. And then you could. there are also times we could just be your most authentic, raw self and speak your truth to power, help to uplift other women and to warned them about the perceptions of certain men and how they come across and what the red flags look like, right? So she did a service to a lot of women who have probably, who are probably in her situation now or have been, or is trying to get out of those situations. So two things could be true at the same time. People love drama and that's why this was successful. She also did it in 10 part, uh, 10 minute increments, 50 parts, and she mastered storytelling by like keeping everybody on cliffhangers. So I saw the Cliffs Notes version. So I definitely could appreciate that particular route. And there is something to be learned from that because she may very well get a book and movie or series deal out of this story. Um, so kudos to her for that, you know, for getting to the bag while she's speaking her truth to power. And I'm sure this was therapeutic to get it all out there. It was a very brave move, a very bold move. It's not easy. I for one, um, Have about a 200 part story that I could tell, a few stories that I can tell, but I will wait um, until my memoir is done and tell y'all the stories then. Um, But yeah, I definitely could see how, like I said, this could be cathartic in a lot of ways for her. I don't know though how, you know, one continues to. I guess if she cares, right? To keep up her social media presence after you've told the story, after you've got a couple deals, brand deals, whatever. Um, what do you do next, right? Because you're not gonna create another story. This really happened to you. And so with me, I always feel like you do have to be strategic once you get your your foot in the door of the realm of eyes on you, right? That you're so much so that you're able to monetize something. But I always feel like because we live in a microwave ever, Will be on this one minute, and then we on to the next thing next week. Every week is a new hype or something else to focus on. I also feel like again, because this tale is sorted and dramatic and shocking to some. Um, not shocking to me because I've done seen it all, child. It, like I said, if I could tell you some of the things that I've seen, endured, or experienced without giving any shine on or or attention to certain parties that are never deserving of those types of uh, eyes on them, then I would. Um, but I'm not. So the point is, I say all that to say that to some, this was like really jarring and shocking. Is it only the things that are jarring, shocking, salacious, dramatic, messy, scandalous, so to speak, that we're interested in? Are we interested in things that are also positive and uplifting? And how often do those things go viral? Because I don't see them go viral as much as I would like. But is or do we, or we do we just live in an era where you have to be salacious to be notable, to be popular, to be viral, to gain the notoriety you want? Do you have to spill your guts? Do you have to tell your innermost experiences? Is that where we're at? And how does visual presentation play into that? Right. A lot of people said, you know, there was. Charlamagne the God in the Breakfast Club was like saying, Oh, you know, making a joke. She's, you know, big back and she was desperate, and she was just so desperate for a man that she overlooked the red flags and all the things. And I don't think that we should be weight, fat, shaming anybody. <laughs> um, and I don't know that, that had anything to do with the situation. More so is that from what I've heard from the clips that I've heard of this story. Is more so that how she felt about herself, whether she was big or small, physically, I don't think is the real issue. the real issue is what she the, the version of herself that she saw at the time when she met him made her vulnerable to a manipulator and a socio or psychopath energy that he has um allegedly, according to the the series. so I feel like even if she was skinny a supermodel size, if she didn't see herself. As someone who is valuable, who is worthy of a certain type of treatment, who has an air of self confidence about herself, who's not easily impressed, who hasn't, who has had a better experience um, or a more healthy experience in past relationships, then perhaps she wouldn't have been as vulnerable to him pulling the wool over her eyes. But because she didn't view herself as that, for whatever reason, even if it was weight or other things. She was able and able more easily to be swindled by this uh, veil that this person put on, by this facade, so to speak. And so is, is visual presentation a factor as it relates to being the best version of ourselves and perhaps not being a better version of ourselves and attracting unsavory characters into our orbit, energy, and space? I don't know. These are all questions we can ask and continue the conversations um, in the comment section of the Apple Music app or Spotify or just in person or in on socials. Right. You see me. It's, it's we, I'm happy to have the dialogue if we connect in person as well or on social media. So follow me at Sunette.nicole on TikTok and Instagram and Synette Nicole together on X formerly known as Twitter. I would never get used to saying X though, to be honest. I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I do. So we, so yeah, everybody watched the story um, or listened to the story and was like so captivated by it and all the things. And so I hope that if nothing else, she's able to get the healing that she needs from it and that she's able to continue to keep that cute little coin going um, and able to make a series or like an official series out of it. Um, or do something with it you know do something in alignment with whatever her desires are because it might not be to be famous or viral she may not want the things that a lot of other people want right so whatever she wants for herself is what we hope for her and that this sordid tale is cautionary one for other ladies out there um yeah I think we're obsessed with the salacious energy not me per se but Just our society in general is conditioned to be obsessed with the salacious. And I think that in a lot of ways, although, like I said, this was a cautionary tale and it was entertaining, I think that in a lot of ways, outside of this particular situation, story time, per se, um, having this world obsession with the salacious can be dangerous in other situations where people are now just coming out the woodwork saying things just for the sake of saying it to get the views and the clicks and the likes or whatever. Um, I definitely want to know what you guys' thoughts are on those subject matters. So let's again, once again, let's continue the conversation. Now, I already told you, I think I told you guys that my baby walked in New York Fashion Week and she did fabulously. It was her first time and she walked into presentations and my heart melted. I cannot explain into words how proud I am of her for pursuing her dreams, how proud I am of her for booking a show, how proud I am of her just seeing her walk down the runway, How beautiful she looked, and having that full circle moment, being able to style her for one of the presentations was just like everything. And shout out to photographers who captured that. And hopefully, I'll get those pictures soon. And I will be obviously sharing them on the Synette Nicole pages. Milan Fashion Week was right after New York Fashion Week. And there was a presentation, I believe, by the Stockholm parties. It was an avant-garde presentation where garbage was being thrown at the models as they were walking down the runway. Yes, garbage. Balled up papers, uh, splatters of what looked like could be paint or food just thrown on the clothing and on the models as they're walking down. Some models were like stumbling. And I get that this is freedom of expression. Fashion is an amazing form of art. Again, fashion is not just a, a, a way of life. I mean, uh, a part of my life, it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle for me. So I live it. I breathe it. So I understand the art of it all. I've done some risque things. I've spearheaded looks that most people were um, taken aback by, but now in, a decade later are catching up on, right? And so I say all that to say that like, I'm all for fashion on the edge. I'm all for edgy, avant-garde, something different. It definitely got people talking. But I think that even my avant-garde lens has limits. And this was it for me, like the splatter, the this, the that. It was throwing them off. They couldn't barely walk down the runway. It was just a lot going on. And to me, the art of it all speaks. But to me, it's like, and the fashion is where. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because in real life, it's like none of that could be really sold. I don't know. It just wasn't for me personally. I took a poll on my socials and it was 50-50. Like some people said, this is creative. I like it. And other people was like, it's a no for me. So that was 50-50. There were a lot of award shows, like I said, over the past few weeks. I did some reviews so you can check those out on TikTok. But real quick, real quick, some of my best dress of the week were Issa Rae in an off-white champagne gown. Coleman Domingo also wore off-white to one... SAG Awards, and then to another event, he wore Versace, a custom Versace suit. He's doing all the things. He's one of my favorite best-dressed men. Speaking of men, we had Chris Peretti in a wonderful tuck style by Brian Javar. Shout out to Brian Javar. We had Quinta Brunson in a wonderful Black number for the C P Awards. And speaking of Black, because you can never go wrong in Black, we also had Chevrolet, Chevrolet Ralph, who's been doing the things for the last two years. On the style, she's styled by her daughter, Ivy Coco, which I think is so dope. And so she had, like, a big gown with um, embellishments, sparkled embellishments in the middle. And part half, it was strapless, the gown, but half was sweetheart and half was, like, a super sharp neckline. So I absolutely loved that for her. I also loved how Idris Elba brought his daughter. She was in Custom New Glare. I believe he was in Gucci if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me. So those are some of my favorites. Lala in All White at the BMF premiere was great. Kelly Rowland, ooh, 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 Mia Koopa that came out featuring her and Trevante Rhodes. It's a Tyler Perry film on Netflix. And a lot of people had a lot of negative criticism to say the rollout was really big. They did a lot of press. She slayed every look. Check out my Kelly Rowland style appreciation post on TikTok as well and show that some love. Give it some likes. Um, because her stylist, shout out to Colin Carter, does all the things. And for the past, I would say three years straight, she's been killing it, shutting it down, eating, leaving, no crumbs. The skin is skinning and winning and investing in a good stylist and a team is essential. And you see why during my review and style appreciation post. So check that out because I go through a myriad of her looks over the last few years and why she and they are fabulous. So when you have a good stylist, things work out. Just the same way you need a hair stylist, you need a wardrobe stylist. You need a nail tech, you need a wardrobe stylist. You need a barber, you need a wardrobe stylist. And the same way you pay them, you should pay and invest in your actual visual presentation, especially when you're a public figure because before you open your mouth, to do any of the things that make you money, the visual presentation speaks for itself and tells its own story, a style story for which I, Synet Nicole, can help you tell via info at synetnicole.com. I am still taking a few more personal clients on the list, like I said, in the next few weeks or months, we'll be closing because I will be focusing on other larger projects in the fashion and lifestyle sector that will take me away from taking on any new clients. So take advantage and uh, go to info at synetnicole.com or click the the booking tab on senetnicole.com, the actual website, and book your style discovery call the first few minutes are free of the style discovery call and then we go into consult. should you decide to tell your best style story with yours truly so there's that but um I definitely love Kelly Rowland I thought she looked fabulous in the movie I thought the hair looked great you know Tyler gets a lot of fact for the wigs the wigs look good so she might have brought her own team in she was also a producer on the movie so she probably had say as to what the wardrobe and things look like. People didn't like the writing. People didn't like the plot line. People didn't like the ending. But people always say the same things about Tyler Perry movies. And the reality is this. Why are y'all shocked? The more you talk about it, the more people will tune in. So if one thing Tyler Perry's going to do is what he wants to do, that's why he's the writer, the producer, and director almost all of his uh, films and productions. Number two, he knows his audience. He said what he said. He's sticking to it. Number three, y'all still always watch. And you still always talk about it. And there's no such thing as bad publicity in the entertainment world, according to them. So even if you don't like it, the more you're tweeting about it, the more you're writing about it on Instagram, the more you're having TikTok soliloquies about it drives his ratings up because now people are going to be intrigued to see whether it's good or bad. And even if it's bad, they done sat through the whole movie. So he got another view, right? And so I also implore my people, especially on Black History Month, to decide. Are we going to continue to criticize or are we just going to skip past that and and invest in watching something from another black creator that we actually like instead of complaining? Or are we just going to keep watching his movies because even though you you low key think they're bad, something about them, again, the salacious, the drama, the messiness, appeals to a part of you for you to keep watching them because you wouldn't have commentary if you didn't watch it. And so I just I don't know, like everyone's entitled to do what they want to do and feel how they want to feel. Because I had, certainly have my lens, in my opinion, which I'll reserve for another time. But I'm just choosing to focus on a positive, as I usually always do, and be optimistic and say, well, Kelly looked great. I think she did a good job. Whether I love the plot line or the writing or not, it's kind of redundant to say the same things over and over again. There are certain Tyler Perry movies that I enjoy more than others. There's a range of them to watch. Some of them do have the same tropes. but..." I wasn't necessarily horribly mad at this one. I didn't hate this one at all. Um, Again, you're talking about him. So it's going to drive the views up and essentially help him. And so, hey. Maybe that's the plan, right? Even if I talk bad about him, at least there's eyes on him and he's still another black man. I mean, I don't know what everybody's thinking about complaining because it's not going to stop. <laughs> he's going to do what he wants to do. He's been doing this for 15, 20 years now, and he's made a multi-millionaire, practically billionaire, billion-dollar industry, a billion-dollar brand off of this same genre that he continues to invest in. He has his own studio in Atlanta, so like, he can do what he wants to do um Should he get more writers? I think so, just to have a different lens and perspective on things. But if he's selling out, you know, box offices and things are going well with his Netflix deals and all his other shows are doing, you know, if he's doing well, I mean, I don't know why he would stop or try something different if this formula has worked for so long. Because at the end of the day, one thing for certain, two things for sure, he's gonna do what he wants, like I said, and y'all are gonna talk about it. But shout out to Kelly Rowland because, like I said, she does all the things on the style. She's the beautiful power and Toronto roads look great on this press tour he's finding take ticket on the dash honey um and so i thought it was i thought it was nice to see them in a thriller we don't usually see a lot of our people in erotic thrillers so i thought that was cool and so i'm just gonna keep it positive that's just the vibe i'm on And I'm usually always on that vibe and we're going to stay right there because we're about to wrap this on up. But those are my thoughts on all of the things that have happened this week. I would love to know your thoughts. As I said, ponder on my questions, answer them on my socials, answer them in the comment section of this podcast on Apple and Spotify. So continue to stream. Previous episodes are still up and available. Let me know what you think about the other episodes. Be sure to give us the best rating you can, you know, because we love. The top tier ratings, and we just—I appreciate you on the behalf of the Sinet Nicole Style Squad, the team. I love my Style Squad. I love my Luxury Loves. I love my Soft Girl Society. Um, and in the spirit of love energy, I would love for you to subscribe to my site. We are currently always um working on it, and it's going to continue to be improved and revamped. And I'll continue to give you updates on what's up there in case you haven't been looking, but it would be great for you to look and subscribe so that you can see for yourself all the magnanimous, amazing things that we are building over at Synet Nicole LLC. Be sure to purchase your Love Energy collection. Speaking of love, because you know I love y'all for real, for free and the long way. The Love Energy mugs just dropped. And last week we had a 20% off sale which was super, super dope. So shout out to everybody who shopped during the sale. And if you are part of the Synet Nicole Style Squad and you subscribe, then you would know and have access to those sales first. So tap in, tap into the Synet Nicole experience, baby, because it's so multi-hyphenate. It is certainly an experience. The love energy mugs just dropped. We have a love energy top, and we have so much more to come. The first love energy mug says Certified Lover Girl, because you already know how we do around here. We are certified lover girls who continue to invest in love energy forever and always, despite what our past experiences have been. We continue to cultivate the love we truly deserve, and we give it to ourselves first, and then we attract said love from others because we are more than deserving. So for all my Certified Lover Girls, get your acrylic mug. It's a clear see-through mug, so it's super cute and chic, and I love it down to the ground. And I'll be sure to tap in when more come out. But in the interim, tap into that. Tap into my love and fly ish top. Love energy over everything and all my other. Sonette Nicole says, catchphrase teas, mantra teas, and all the things and all the things and all the things. More things to come. More judge to come. More fabulousity to come. More wardrobe, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, and luxury. Okay. 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 So I thank you guys once again for tapping in, tuning in, and turning on another episode of Nicole Approved. From my heart to your ears, I appreciate you more than you know. Remember, when you know your worth, you don't give discounts. That's a direct Nicole quote that you can also find at synetnicole.com. Mantra tea, mantra tea, mantra tea. That won't ever die because I love it so much. And I love y'all so much. Please continue to keep your standards just as high as those So heels that we love but hate to wear. And remember that I love y'all for real, for free, and the long way. And everything is in divine order and going your way. Until next time, ciao.